As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. My friends, welcome to Home Group. I know this is not the normal setting for Home Group, and that's because today we have a change just for today. I want to show you one of Denise's new TV programs. You are going to love it. And yes, that means Denise has a brand new TV program called Time with Denise. And it is so good that today I wanted to feature it for our home group. And please go online and tell us what you think. But hey, receive Denise and enjoy what you're about to hear. friends, my name is Denise Renner, and I'm so glad that you have chosen to have this time with me. And I believe I have something very, very important to talk to you about. And that is, if we're going to be strong in these last days, we need to know how to forgive. Oh, it's so important. There are so many people that have already been thrown out of the race because they have bitterness in their hearts or unforgiveness, or they say, you don't know what happened to me. I can't get past this. I can't forgive. Well, I want to give you some tools today that would help you. And to begin with, the reason this subject means so much to me is that I had a time in my life for two years where I fought with bitterness and bitterness began to manifest itself in my body. My hands were cold all the time. I don't mean just cold. I mean painfully cold. My feet were cold all the time. My face began to be cold and I was having panic attacks. I, I, I thought to myself, I am a Christian. I am a leader. I'm not supposed to be having panic attacks. Oh, they were so horrible. And, and so I didn't know what was really going on in my life. I thought this person just needed to change. I didn't know of what was inside of my heart. And I, but I knew the answer was to seek the Lord. So I was seeking him, seeking him, seeking him in the word every day, asking him for his help. Well, this went on and on. And I remember one particular night we were traveling with our family, all three of our boys, me and Rick traveling in the United States from church to church. I was struggling so hard. I was up in the middle of the night. And I remember that I took a hole of the sink in the middle of the night because uh, sleepless nights was part of this also. I took a hold of the sink and I said, God, I don't know. I don't know what you want. I don't know what to do. You know I'm miserable, but God, I am not letting go of you. It was like kind of a Jacob moment, you know, when, when Jacob, he had that, uh, wrestle with the angel of the Lord. And, and he said to the angel, he said, I'm not letting go till you bless me. 
And I knew if all of this was going on inside of me, and God, of course, needed to touch something that I couldn't touch. I didn't have enough power to touch what was inside of me. I needed his invisible hand. And I needed to stay in the fight. So I know I'm encouraging somebody right now. And because you're in a fight. And with, with unforgiveness. And I know I'm talking to you. So stay with me. So it was in the summertime that we were traveling with my family. And I was struggling so hard. And a man of God just spoke to me one evening in a service. I had just sung. He came up to me and he said, you're a very sensitive person. And he said, but you've got some really broken places inside of you. And he said, 24 hours, you're going to wake up in a different world. I was like, okay. Well, in those 24 hours, I was able to verbalize See my situation from another perspective, and I was able to verbalize from my heart forgiveness to someone. I went to bed. I woke up the next morning. Friend, I woke up in a different world. <laughs> the Lord, he had delivered my mind because, see, it was like a vice was on my mind. I went to bed with bitterness. I woke up with bitterness. I went to bed with fear. I went, I went, I woke up with fear and, and I was delivered. My hands were absolutely normal. My feet were absolutely normal and my face became absolutely normal. You see, he delivered me and that's why I preach this message with so much passion because I want you to know that bitterness is not something you play around with. You don't just sit there and point your finger at somebody else and say, you need to change and you're my problem. That we need to come to God and we need to say, God, God, you know what's going on inside of me, God. I can't stand that person. They hurt me so bad, God, that we recognize to God that it's really, it's really an offense to him. It's really, it's really about your relationship with him, you and him. One time I heard the Lord say, he said, your problem's not with that person. He said, your problem is with me. I'm wanting to touch something inside of you. Well, as you can see, he did. And he set me free. And he gave me a message and a passion for people that you do not remain in bitterness and unforgiveness because it is such a thief. So that's what I want to talk to you about. And I believe in these last days, we're going to have more opportunity to be offended or become bitter. And we need these tools from the word of God to be able to say, no devil, I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. I'm fighting against principalities and powers, and I am going to forgive that person. So, so let's begin. So in John chapter uh, 20, 
Uh, Jesus has risen from the dead and he has just said to the disciples that uh, receive the Holy Spirit. So the disciples got born again and it's in uh, verse 23 and it says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> that means that we have a lot of power. It means that if we refuse to forgive someone, then it's like they can live on the other side of the world, but it's like your heart your mind is like connected to that person. Like there is an invisible string that's connected to that person. And that unforgiveness or that memory is still affecting you because through unforgiveness, you're still tied to that person. But if you forgive, they are forgiven. And it's like the Holy Spirit, he comes out and whatever attachment we had that was unhealthy to that person, that unforgiveness, that pain, the Holy Spirit, when we forgive, he comes out with his amazing scissors and he just cuts that string and he frees us from that unforgiveness and carrying that burden that Jesus did not mean for us to carry. Um, I've been teaching this message for several years and I was teaching a, in a class and a young girl was sitting there and she had not spoken to her father in 16 years. Well, I don't know what transpired between them, but she absolutely had bitterness and unforgiveness towards him and just cut him out of her life. She heard the message. She was touched by the Spirit of God. She got in contact with her father. She asked her father to forgive her. Her father began weeping on the telephone, and he said, would you forgive me? They made an appointment to meet together. And see, the devil, he wants to divide people. But Jesus came to restore us to one another. He restored us to God. So he wants to restore us to one another. And that relationship that had been broken for 16 years was restored between that daughter and that father. That's the power of forgiveness. Now, look with me in Acts chapter, chapter, chapter 7. Actually, yeah, Acts, Acts chapter 7. And it's the end of the chapter. And this is where Stephen, who is the first martyr of the church, he's just preached to all these people. And the Bible says they got so angry. His message was so powerful. It, it Bible says it pricked their heart. They became very convicted and angry. And it says that they were screaming at him and they didn't want to hear what he had to say. So they put their hands over their ears and was like, and screaming and cursing him. And they made the decision to stone him. 
Well, the Bible says that in that crowd, that holding the clothes of those who were doing the killing was a young man named Saul. Well, we know now that that young man named Saul was the future Apostle Paul. But Stephen didn't know that. And, and Apostle Paul didn't know that. And so they were stoning Stephen. So let's go to verse 55 of chapter 7 of Acts. And it says, but he, this is Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And this is when they are, they're cursing him and they're yelling at him and said, this is God. And this is Stephen. Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. This was so powerful that Stephen thought they could see it too. But they couldn't see it. But Stephen saw it. He saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And you know, I want to point out to you that this was such an amazing moment. We always see Jesus seated at the right hand of God. But this was the first martyr of the church. And when this happened, not Jesus wasn't seated. He was standing at the right hand of God. And um, verse 57, then they cried out with a loud voice, stopping their ears, and they ran at him in one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And at that time, the way they stoned people is they took him out of the city. They had a big hole and they dropped him in that hole and they just began to cast one stone, one boulder after another to crush their skull or break their skin, but to bring death to them. And this was happening to Stephen. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. I mean, there's just uh, seconds of breath and life left in Stephen. But look what happens in the next verse, verse 60. Then he knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he said this, he fell asleep. Before Stephen could die, he had to release those people from murdering him and persecuting him and hating him. And he said, Lord Jesus, he said, do not charge them with this sin. At that moment, they were all forgiven. Now in Luke chapter 23, I want you to see this. Because Stephen was acting like Jesus. Look at this. Jesus is on the cross. They're blaspheming him. He is in excruciating pain that we can't even understand. He has our sin on him. He has our sickness, our disease, our shame, our guilt, our fear, all on him at this moment. And in verse 34 of Luke chapter 23, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. 
Now, if you'd been there, you would have said, and you saw it, you would have said, of course they know what they're doing. These are mean people. These are angry people. And they're blaspheming Jesus. Of course they know what they're doing. But in God's eyes, he said, Father, they don't know what they're doing. That person that hurt you, they really didn't know what they were doing. That's what the Bible's saying. Then Stephen says, don't charge this to them. Don't punish them for this sin. We see the attitude of heaven about forgiveness. It's either, it's either they don't know what they're doing, please forgive them, or it's, Father, do not charge them with the sin. And as you can see, Stephen forgave all those people. Well, in studying this, you know, I thought, what would have happened if Stephen had not forgiven all those people? Would we have an Apostle Paul? Would we have two-thirds of the New Testament that the Apostle Paul wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? Well, of course, we don't know. But the Bible says that whose sins you forgive, they're forgiven. And when Stephen forgave those people, Saul was forgiven of that. Praise God. Praise God. Friend, you and I have so much power. We either have power to hold somebody in their sin or and be connected to that for the rest of our life, or we have power to release them. Did you know that some people are still offended at somebody who's dead? Their soul is still connected to the memory or to the hate that they had towards that person, and they haven't been able to forgive them. I know I'm talking to somebody right now. Your day of freedom is today to let that person go free. It is so powerful. And, and I can tell you from my own life, when I forgave, well, you saw what happened when I forgave. I was delivered. I was delivered of panic attacks. I was delivered of horrible uh, fear over my life and, and depression and oppression and physical things going on in my body. I was teaching this lesson a few months ago and a woman was sitting there and she forgave somebody and when she forgave somebody, her leg quit hurting. I don't know how long her leg had been hurting, but it was absolutely healed. That's how powerful. Well, let's go on with the scripture. Let's see what Jesus says about forgiveness. Go to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, and it's verse 21. And Jesus is talking about forgiveness. And uh, <clears throat> Peter, he says, well, Lord, should I forgive my brother? This is verse 21, up to uh, seven times. And, and see, the reason he said seven is because there was a Jewish law that you only had to forgive somebody three times. Well, when Peter said seven times, he thought, well, I'll double it and add one. 
No, Jesus said, look what Jesus said. He said, no, no, up to seven times seven, seven times 70, 490 times, 490 times to forgive someone. You might need to forgive somebody. You might be in a difficult situation right now, and you might need to forgive them 490 times a day. I know that sounds just absolutely horrible, but Jesus is really raising the standard. You see, the reason Jesus raises the standard is because of the love of God. The love of God was so great that he came himself and took all of our offense towards him. All of our hate, all of our doubt, all of our fear, all of our bad thoughts, thievery, rape, murder, whatever sin we committed, we really committed it, not just towards that person, but we co committed it against God. And we deserve the punishment. But Jesus took our punishment on the cross. He took our punishment. That's why he can say, no, you need to forgive 490 times a day. He raised the bar from three times a day for 490 times a day because of the love of God. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, oh, the love of God, friend. The love of God is what set you and I free. And it's the love of God in your heart. When you got born again, I want you to see this. It's in Romans chapter 5, verse 5. When you got born again, something amazing happened. It's in verse 5, and it says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the, the love of God, the very love of God, was put in your heart, poured over your heart by the Holy Ghost. Well, when was the Holy Ghost poured out on your heart? It was poured out on your heart when you got born again. When you and I got born again, we didn't just get the right to go to heaven or have a relationship or got with God or be declared righteous before God. He put the very love of God that I'm talking to you about right now. He put that love in your heart. That's why, friend, it is not impossible to forgive. Actually, it is possible because the love of God is in your heart. The Bible says it's poured out there. That's why Jesus can say in Matthew, Matthew 18, that no, 490 times. And I want you to, after this program, read Matthew chapter 18, because it tells about a servant that was forgiven um, millions of dollars. And, and the master forgave him.
But then somebody came and offended that one that had been forgiven, and he owed him $20. And that servant put his hands around the throat of that other servant and said, you give me that $20. And he said, and the servant said, please forgive me, please forgive me, I'll pay the debt. He said, nope, I'm putting you in prison. That forgiven servant put his fellow servant in prison. And God had something to say about it. He said, I have forgiven you so much debt. Shouldn't you also have forgiven your brother? Friend, I know this is a sensitive subject, but it is something we need to talk about because God does not want us to be weakened in these last days by unforgiveness, but to be strengthened in these last days, taking hold of these tools and saying, this is for me. I need to walk out this way in my Christian life forgiving. It needs to be my way that I forgive because I have been forgiven so much. I want to give you one last example. I met this woman many years ago and uh, she was in the ministry and she said the man she was with was her second husband and I said well she was very happy she had a little son everybody was good I said well what happened with the first marriage and because you're so free and she said well she said one day I was I was cleaning my house and I had this big pile of trash and and I had this one little tiny piece of paper. And I had been asking the Lord to help me forgive my ex-husband because he'd also been physically abusive to our son and our son had mental problems. And that was before my eyes all the time. And she said, but I knew I needed to forgive. She said, I saw that pile of big trash. I saw this little piece of paper. And I started to sweep that little piece of paper over to the big trash. And the Holy Spirit said to me, do you know what that big trash is? He said, that's the debt that you owed me and that I forgave you. And that little piece of paper, that's the debt your ex-husband owed you. Friend, she got free. She forgot. She forgave her ex-husband. Her little son got healed. And she married this man and second husband and was living happily with him. That's the power of forgiveness. Father, I pray for my friend right now. Put your hand over your heart. If you need to release somebody, you need to call somebody on the phone. You need to ask for their forgiveness. You need to cut through forgiveness that invisible string that has connected you to that pain right now. Father, I ask you to help that person in Jesus' name. Well, we're out of time. And I'll see you next time. All of us want our relationships to grow and improve. For example, don't you want your marriage to be in better shape than it is right now? Even if things are going well, you probably see areas where it could be improved. 
right? In this candid 16-part series, Denise Renner hilariously and compassionately reveals areas where all of us can do better in our relationships, and especially in our marriages. Sometimes little changes make big differences. Titles in this series include, Help, my mouth is making trouble for me. Who is in control here? My mouth or me? I thought I was supposed to change it. Help me, Lord. I need to forgive. I thought I had already reached my forgiveness quota. Rick Renner says, this series is so awesome. Every person will laugh their way to transformation as Denise candidly addresses areas where we can all improve. This life-changing 16-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $25. We are also offering you Denise's companion book, who Stole Cinderella? For just $15, with genuine warmth and candor, Denise recounts the journey of her own struggles in marriage and the unique insights she learned along the way to attaining emotional health and happiness. Your life will be enriched by biblical wisdom as Denise sheds light on your path to happily ever after and shows you right where to begin again if you've lost your way. Don't miss this special offer, the entire 16-part series, School of Cinderella, and the companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.